Hi, welcome to weekend services here at Christ Community Chapel. My name is Zach. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and it's my pleasure to spend some time with you digitally. I want you to know I can't wait until we're back all in one room together as a church. And if you're a guest who's been checking us out for the first time online, I can't wait to meet you in person. But until then, I'm glad we can connect this way. You know, our theme for this year has been Love Matters Most. We've taken that from something Jesus said when he said that all of the Bible really boils down to this. Love God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. We've been spending time this year asking what do those things mean and how do they serve as the guide for our Christian lives? Well, we're doing that in our sermon series now called Famous Stories of Love by looking at some stories that Jesus told that illustrate the way he thought about love, what he meant when he said, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And in these stories, we're finding out some remarkable things about God's love for us and about how we ought to love each other. That's what we're going to do this weekend as we look at a story from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, called The Good Samaritan. So let's read the story together, and then I'll tell you how we're going to talk about it. This, again, comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, beginning in verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he had come to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. I want to use a three-point outline to help us navigate what Jesus is telling us in this story. And that outline goes like this. First, I want to talk about the beauty of love. Second, the difficulty of love. And then third, the road to love. So the beauty of love, the difficulty of love, and the road to love. Let's start first with the beauty of love. This really is a beautiful story, isn't it? Jesus is asked by a guy, hey, what do I have to do to go to heaven? And Jesus turns the question back and says, well, what do you think you have to do? And the guy says, well, I think I could go to heaven if I loved God with everything that I had in me 
and I loved my neighbor as myself. And Jesus says, yeah, that, it seems like if you could do that, yeah, you, you would live forever with God in heaven. And the man isn't sure, so he presses in with another question. He goes, okay, but just to be sure, who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells this story. And it is a story of the ultimate act of neighbor love, of this good Samaritan who cares for this man so deeply. We're told about a man who is on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he is the victim of a mugging. He's robbed, he's left naked, he's beaten to where he is half dead. He is dying and left on the side of the road. And the hero of the story, the the so-called Good Samaritan, sees him there and refuses to pass by, refuses to ignore it. He stops, gets off of his animal, cares for the man's wounds, giving him medicine, cleaning him off, then takes the man, puts him on his own animal, walks the rest of the way, then takes him to an inn, puts him up in the inn, pays for his stay, and even tells the innkeeper, whatever else you spend, I will take care of that too. In other words, he is going to pay for this man's total recovery. It is a wonderful, wonderful picture of love. It is a story that if a friend was telling you about something that happened to them or something they read or something they saw on television, you and I would sit and be captivated. We could not believe the love and mercy and kindness the Good Samaritan shows to this man. It's the kind of story that would end up on the weekly news or would go viral on Facebook. It's the kind of story that reminds us of the best parts of what make us human, of the best parts of what it means to love. It is a really, really beautiful story, and it's meant to be. It's meant to stop us and have us say, wow, that that really is what it means to, to love your neighbor. It, it's so beautiful, it's challenging, right? Because you think, man, that, that kind of love is so life-giving and so life-changing. If that's what it means to love your neighbor, then, then is that who I am? It is, it is a beautiful, captivating story. But of course, it's more than that as well. I mean, the beginning point of the story, to be sure, is to like the Good Samaritan. I mean, they call him good for a reason. He is a heroic figure, a true neighbor-loving kind of guy. But, But in this story is also a difficulty, and that's my second point, which is not just the beauty of love, but the difficulty of love. It's true that this is a beautiful story, that this man cares for this victim, that he he binds his wounds and, and takes him to the end and pays for everything and loves this man. But there's a reason why it strikes us as so powerful, and that is there are a lot of really good reasons why he should not have helped this man. In fact, Jesus drives that home in giving us two other characters, a priest and a Levite, who see this man on the side of the road but pass by. Why would they do that? Well, consider, first of all, that this is obviously a dangerous road, given the fact that the initial character was robbed on the road. And so there's a fear of staying too long, of lingering in one spot. After all, you also could become 
a victim. This is the kind of road that when you're on it, you just want to get off of it. You want to go from point A to point B as quickly as you can. This reminds me when I was a little kid of when I would take out the garbage late at night and I would walk to the garbage can and kind of casually throw the garbage into the can and then I would run back into the house as fast as I could just in case there was some nefarious creature out there waiting to pounce on the boys who take out the trash. This is how you are when you're on this road. You just want to get off of it. It is a dangerous place to be. And of course, there's also the possibility that this man beaten and left on the side of the road is bait. There's the possibility that they stripped him naked and robbed him and beat him and left him there so that you would stop. And in stopping, may become an easy victim of their next crime. And so it's easier to say, I don't know what happened there, and I don't want to know. I, I, I don't want to get involved. It's too dangerous. Of course, there are other factors in play as well. It's nasty business to deal with someone who's been beaten like that. You're talking about bodily fluids and blood all over the place. Perhaps the priest and the Levite are squeamish and they don't want to get involved. Of course, there are other concerns, like if you stop on the side of the road and you help this man, the next person who comes down the road may assume you're the one who did this to them. You are at the scene of the crime. And even if you do stop, what help could you give, really, if you're not a doctor? And are you going to stay with him? I mean, after all, the Good Samaritan not only helps the man, but picks him up, puts him on his own animal, and then walks the miles into the town. Are you going to do that? I mean, don't you have somewhere to be? Wouldn't that get in the way? And then even when you do get to the city, what do you... What do you do with him? There are no hospitals at this time. You can't drop him off at the emergency room. So what are you going to do? And how expensive is that going to be? Do you bring him into your own home? Is that safe? And then, of course, there are all kinds of things under the surface of the story, which is that Samaritans and and Jews did not get along. They had different religions. They were different ethnicities. Jerusalem and Jericho were cities that were home to both Jews and Samaritans. So you even have the racial tension at play here. In other words, there's a lot of reasons why you should walk by. It's safer to walk by. The Good Samaritan especially is risking his health, his finances, his security, and even crossing some pretty severe ethnic, religious, racial lines in helping. And I say all that to say this, that that it is really difficult to love this way. The truth is that most of us have very shallow definitions of love. For us to love our neighbor is to wave when you go out to the mailbox or or to offer to take care of a pet while they're on vacation. Those are nice things, but they're not this. No, this kind of love is incredibly difficult. It's incredibly messy. It's not necessarily safe. But there's an even greater difficulty in this story, right? And that is that the question Jesus is asked is, what do I have to do to go to heaven? That, that when the man says, well, I think the answer is to go to heaven, I have to love God with all that I am, and I have to love my neighbor as myself. And Jesus goes, yeah, that sounds like that would get you to heaven. And the man says, well, what does that really mean? Jesus tells this story. So in other words, Jesus says, hey, if you want to go to heaven, if you want to have relationship with God, if you want to live forever, 
It's not the waving at the mailbox, pet sitting kind of neighbor love that is required. What is required is this messy, risky, difficult, status giving up, financial damaging kind of love that the Good Samaritan manifests. You see, if it's true that this is how we have to be in order to go to heaven, then this goes from a beautiful story to kind of a scary one. Do we have this kind of love in us? And if this is the standard for relationship with God, if this is the standard for heaven, can any of us meet it? And of course, then you have another difficulty, which is even if it is the standard and even if we could meet it, if what's driving us is a desire to get to heaven. In other words, if the Good Samaritan stops and the man looks at him and says, thank you so much for helping me. And the Good Samaritan looks at him and goes, I'm just doing this to get to heaven. You know, yeah, I'm happy you're, you're, you're going to be helped out, but, but this is just like my long-term retirement plan. You know, I'm just, I'm just doing the smart thing. I'm investing in my future. It would cheapen it somehow. And so you see, this story isn't just beautiful, it's difficult because it's a deeper and stronger kind of love than most of us typically show, have shown, or even have received. And it's a difficult standard if this is what God requires to accept us and include us in what he's doing. So then what do we do with that? Well, that leads me to the third point, which is there is a road to love that this story is laying out. It's interesting that this story really pivots or hinges on which character you identify with. As long as you listen to the story and think that what Jesus is requiring you to do, the role he's asking you to play is that of the Good Samaritan, this is a daunting story. It's a challenging, difficult, perhaps even oppressive story. Most of us would look at this story and say, if what God requires of me is to be like the Good Samaritan, to sacrifice my safety and my finances and my health for the good of other people around me, I don't have that in me. But I don't actually think that's the role that Jesus is inviting us to play in the story. Consider this, that the lawyer asking Jesus the question is himself not a Samaritan, he is a Jew. In fact, Jesus makes the main character a Samaritan for precisely this reason. He is making the point to this man that it is not you who is the hero. It is someone entirely unlike you. And the only man that the lawyer who asked the question could identify with in the story, if he has any hope of the story being good news for him, is not the Samaritan, and it's surely not the priest and the Levite. No, instead, it is the man who is left on the side of the road. Consider this, for example. What if I told you that the Good Samaritan was actually a story about how you are loved, not how you ought to love. In other words, what if I told you that in the story of the Good Samaritan, you and I are meant to identify with the victim, with the one in need of love? Because you see, the message of Jesus in the Gospels is not that we earn our way to heaven, that we do enough good things in order that God might love us. The story that Jesus comes to tell us, the message he has for us, is that God loved us too much 
to wait for us, to try to be good enough. No, he came for us himself. Jesus came to rescue us. It is Jesus who at great risk to himself will get down and help us. It is Jesus who will live in our place and go to the cross in our place, living righteously where we could not and dying sacrificially for our sins on the cross in order that through his sacrifice and his substitution and his eventual resurrection, he might clean us up like the Good Samaritan and bring us to God. Jesus is inviting us to see that the way to heaven isn't actually performance, that the way to heaven isn't actually loving God at this level or loving your neighbor at this level. Those kind of standards could never be met by us. They are beautiful, yes, but they're even more difficult. No, Jesus's message is that he is the good Samaritan. He's inviting the lawyer to see that he needs to be rescued, not needs to be the rescuer. I can't help but think about Victor Hugo's remarkable book that was later turned into a musical, Les Mis. And Les Mis is the story of this heroic figure, Jean Valjean, who was once a criminal, but goes on to become this great and courageous and generous man whose life changes the lives of so many people in France. But you know, in the beginning of that story, there is a pivotal moment in Jean Valjean's life. He has just recently gotten out of prison and he stays the night with a priest who is loving and kind and welcomes him in. But Valjean resorts back to his old ways and actually steals some things from the priest, escaping the next morning when he's captured by the authorities. And when he's captured, Valjean lies and tells the authorities, no, the, the priest actually gave me these things. They, of course, don't believe him. So they bring Valjean back to the priest and they tell the priest almost incredulously, this man says he did not steal these things, but that you gave them to him. And the priest says, that's right. In fact, he even says to Valjean, you forgot the other things I want to give you. And in showing him that mercy, he spares his life and makes an investment in his future. Valjean's response to that is to sing what's often known as his soliloquy or the song, What Have I Done? It's a powerful testimony to the way this priest's mercy to him has changed his life. In fact, it's so powerful, I wanna stop for a second and invite you to watch it. Sit back and listen to Jean Valjean talk about how this incredible love, this beautiful, Difficult love changed his life. What have I done, sweet Jesus? What have I done? Become a thief in the night, become a dog on the run. Have I fallen so far and is the hour so late that nothing remains but the cry of my hate, the cries in the dark that nobody hears here where I stand at the turning of the years. If there's another way to go, I missed it 20 long years ago. My life was a war that could never be won. They gave me a number and they murdered Valjean when they chained me and left me for dead. Just for stealing a mouthful of bread.
would I allow this man to touch my soul and teach me love? He treated me like any other. He gave me his trust. He called me brother. My life he claims for God above. Can such things be? For I had come to hate the world. This world that always hated me. Take an eye for an eye. Turn your heart into stars. This is all I have lived for. be back beneath the lash upon the rack instead he offers me my freedom I feel my shame inside me like a knife he told me that I have a soul how does he know what spirit comes to move my Is there another way to go? I am reaching, but I fall. And the night is closing in. As I stare into the void, to the well-born my sin. I'll escape now from that world. From the world of Shambhalshan. Shambhalshan is nothing now. Another story must begin. What a song, right? It's amazing when you watch Jean Valjean talk about the mercy that he received, how, there, how, how this act of mercy shows him there must be a different way, a better way of being. He's been radically changed by the love he's received, by the mercy he's received. In fact, he will go on to do many great things throughout the book or throughout the musical. But you can't help but think that the true hero of Les Mis is not Jean Valjean. After all, if it wasn't for the mercy of the priest, there never would have been a Jean Valjean, not in the way that we knew him. And that is the point of the Good Samaritan. Not that we would try to become heroes in our own strength, and our own power, that we would try to rise up and meet God's difficult standard of love, but that we would see that God has met his own standard for us. That when we were half dead, beaten by our own sin and our own mistakes, Jesus came and laid his life down for us, putting us on his own back, taking our sins to the cross, dying for us, and raising from the dead. You cannot get to heaven by being good enough, but you don't have to. Just as the priest showed Valjean mercy, so Jesus has shown it to us. Today, you can know you have eternal life because the true Good Samaritan Jesus has rescued you 
by living and dying in your place and by raising from the dead. But brother and sister in Christ, this is the call of the Good Samaritan, that to see that in essence what Jesus is telling us is the way to become a Good Samaritan is to realize if you play that role, it can only be in part two, the sequel. That you would get off your animal and look at the neighbor laying on the side of the road. And when they say to you, why are you doing this? Why are you loving me this way? Why are you sacrificing? Why are you showing me mercy? That we would say, because I know what it is to need mercy. I know what it is to be rescued. I know what it is to be cared for. To live as a Christian showing this kind of love for your neighbor is to do what Valjean was singing about. It is to say that I've experienced a love that has changed me at my very core. This is a beautiful and difficult kind of love, but it comes from us only when we realize it's come to us in Jesus.